Hey, welcome back to Remotely Speaking Up. I'm Dr. Rochelle Haynes, people management expert and remote work specialist. Join us each week as we talk about people transformation and how you can thrive in a digital and disruptive age. You can find us on Anchor FM, Apple iTunes, and other major podcast platforms. And follow our content at Remotely Speaking Up on Instagram. Stay tuned for more. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Remotely Speaking Up. This week, we are joined by Larry English. Larry is the president of Centric Consulting, which is really a maverick in the remote working world. Um, Larry's firm has been remote, fully remote, long before the pandemic, long before anyone really started talking about remote work. And now that the world is reopening, or we can say reopened, and still kind of treading waters in the area, Larry's firm is now really helping a lot of organizations to go hybrid. So we are here with Larry to talk more about what he does and also how he helps organizations navigate these, let's say, these these rough or choppy or unusual waters. Let's put it that way. So Larry, I'll turn over to you to tell us a bit more about yourself first. Who is Larry English? Yeah. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Oh, you're more than welcome. I will introduce myself. So I'm uh, president and co-founder of Centric consulting, as you mentioned, and we're about 1,100 yeah. people. We're in 12 U.S. cities and India, about 300 oh. people in India, and we've been remote from day one. And the reason, and this is about 20 years, the yeah. re- it was unheard of back then. The reason we did it is we were trying to become, we were trying to break all the rules, and, and we wanted yeah. our employees to be happier. And yeah. we thought that they could be happier, they get a better balance in their lives if they, um, you know, if they weren't on the client side or when they weren't uh, a need to do that, that they could be remote. And so we did that and it was hard because the technology wasn't as good. And there were a lot of things we had to figure out. But yeah. We kind of figured it out over the last 20 years. Yeah. And then we knew, we've known the secret. This is awesome. Yeah. This is a great way to work. It's a better way to work, but nobody yeah. believed us. And then the pandemic happened <laughs> and everybody's seeing that. And now they're like, Hey, I think we want that too. Mm. And why did you figure, why, what was it about remote work that made you think that that was the fun way to go? What made you really be interested in it as a concept for your firm? We were just talking to employees and so many companies, you know, it's just this eight, you know, eight to five, eight, eight to mm. eight <laughs> mindset in a lot of cases. Yeah. Where, I mean, um, it's just all about business and didn't take into consideration, you know, for uh, employees how to have a better balanced lifestyle. And we wanted yeah. to build that kind of core into our business model. Mm. And so what's eventually happened is, you know, I think companies have caught up to that and the world has changed. And mm. certainly in the U.S., employees want better balance in their yeah. life. And then the pandemic happened and proved out that, hey, you can entrust your employees. And this, you know, mm. our, our employees are actually happier when they when they do this. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and what would you say are these sorts of pain points you find for a lot of the companies that you first approach with remote working or who want your help? Yes. So, well, let me, this is kind of interesting. Mm. Um, what's happening right now so let me back up. So during the pandemic, we were working with a lot of our customers and there were some earlier ado- early adopters that yeah. saw it and they're like, you know, this is the way to go. And so anyway, all, all the companies are, the HR department was pulling their employees about, hey, do you like remote work? Do you want to come back into the office? How do you feel? 
And it yeah. was, the numbers were like around 5% on average that people wanted to come back full time mm. into the office five days a week. And so we knew that um, if enough companies started to adopt remote work, everyone yeah. was going to have to because you were going to lose your employees. And so mm. now that the pandemic is easing, you're seeing um, some companies are like, hey, we just want to go back to the old way. Yeah. And they're mandating everybody has to come back in the office. And so they did that and they're losing their employees, a lot of them. And yeah. so the, the CEOs are going, whoop, time out. <laughs> we need to rethink that. We're open to So there was a McKinsey article last week that predicted 90% of companies will adopt hybrid. Mm. Uh, yeah. So now what, what's happening is it's falling largely on the CHRO in a lot of the organizations. They're saying, hey, you need to figure this out. And mm. to do hybrid well, to do a hybrid model well is not easy because it's, uh, it's everything from when do you get together, gathering strategy, how do you have fairness in people that are on site or not on site, What's how do you maintain your culture? There's a lot to it. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, companies are like, whoa, there's a lot, a lot we got to get done in a short period of time. Can you help us, you know, maybe accelerate some of that? Yeah, I think I've seen a lot of that in my own work as well. One of the main things um, a lot of leaders seem surprised by was the amount of reach they had when they actually went remote, because we tend to think of remote work or a talent, seeking talent within the context of your geographic location. But now all of a sudden you have access to this talent and where your employees catch on to that as well and realize that companies are catering towards that. All of a sudden, if you don't get on board, as you said, companies start to lose a lot of talent. So, yeah, so it, it works both, both ways. It, it can be good mm -hmm. and bad. So, yeah. uh, you know, the good is all the, you can hire anywhere in the world now. Um, so that mm -hmm. brings in gig and freelancers. Uh, yeah. it, it widens your talent pool. The bad is all your competitors anywhere in the world now can hire your folks. And so we're seeing that yeah. happen right now. It's happened to us. Uh, yeah. Even in, we have a remote, you know, culture. Uh, so as an example, we've had Silicon Valley steal some of our folks with really high salaries yeah. because they said, you don't have to move to Silicon Valley anymore. You can stay right where you're at. Well, well, so yeah, it, it goes both ways, I guess. You're right. Uh, what can companies do then? Or what, do you, or what have you seen companies do? You mentioned some companies offer a lot higher salaries, but what do you think are the major companies, not the major companies, sorry, what do you think are the major ways that companies can change to become more inviting to employees who now want, who now prefer a hybrid model? So the first thing is kind of at the executive level, starting with the vision. What do we want our hybrid vision to be? Mm. Um, and the closer that companies can get to employee choice, they yeah. attract more people. So uh, all of a sudden becoming much more accommodating to uh, remote workers and giving them maximum flexibility. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a lot of, there's that, that was mine. The one that was the mindset we couldn't trust our employees. They had to be sitting at their desk eight to five. Yeah. And the, the pandemic kind of proved that out. But yeah. even within that, now people are saying, okay, you can work remote, but you still need to be at your desk eight to five. And what we yeah. try to say is no, take advantage of being allow allow employees the flexibility to, if they want to go to the yoga class in the middle of the day or take their kid to lunch, yeah, build that in because you have that flexibility. So the more you can do that, you're going to keep and attract um, employees. Yeah. I imagine that you free up quite a bit of creativity as well when you give employees to work the option to work in the way that they want to work. So, you know, it's funny is 
absolutely. So uh, we allow our employees to be digital nomads if they want to be. Yeah. So they don't have to be in a city. Mm. And so I, uh, during the end of the last fall, uh, my youngest was doing online school. So yeah. my wife and I did a dom- digital nomad trip for six weeks. Nice. We traveled all over the West with our dog and our kid. And uh, I came back so energized and refreshed. Oh. And I was still able to work that entire six weeks. Yeah. yeah. So it had both both effects. And so it's really cool. Um, some companies now are offering you know, policies of instead of saying, hey, you're going to go for a vacation for a week at the beach. Why don't you go live for a month or two somewhere else and work? While yep. you're doing it, but it'll give you that same energy um, that, that that vacation at the, the beach would. Yeah, that's true. I got back from Barbados a few months ago, but I'm still jealous. Just maybe because <laughs> you mentioned a dog. You had a dog. I don't have a dog. <laughs> I really want. Um, I, yeah, I, I can really see that happening because that's how I feel as well. I started this habit now of in the middle of the day um, going for a bike ride. And I would go in these really beautiful areas because I live in a, a very beautiful part of England, thankfully. Um, and I just go for a bike ride and just get that refocus and time away from the screen. And that makes all the difference in the world. It does. And there's a lot of research now that's being done. There is Zoom fatigue. Uh, so yeah. being on the video, video call all day and seeing that, uh, there, it, does provide, it does cause more fatigue uh, to, to yeah. our minds. Yeah. So you need to build the, those breaks into your day to, to stay yeah. fresh. Yeah, I had a bit of an ironic moment last week because, um, of course, yeah, remote work specialist is, is something I do, is something I, I preach about, but sometimes I, I forget to practice what I preach. So last week I had full digital burnout where I couldn't stare at a screen longer than 20 minutes. So I spent a lot of the time, I would take hours at a time during the day and just put a mask over my face just in the dark, just to recover because my eyes were just burning. And I think <laughs> you need to get to Barbados more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's missing the sunlight, but it was it was so ironic. I'm like, here I am, <laughs> suffering from the same thing I tell people to avoid. But I think that, that's just my nature. Sometimes I get too into a task. So I think coming out of that as well, one of the things that have really taken the forefront um, is well-being. And for 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 rational reasons, you have people now working from home with all kinds of circumstances within the home some who are trying to get used to working from home and working from the office some who don't want to return to the office so now there's a real mental health issue i don't want to say crisis but i would even play with the word crisis because everywhere we turn we're hearing mental health everyone's crying out for as you said fatigue and a lot of other pressures so what is it that you think within a hybrid model we can do let's start with the leaders first and then i'll go to the employees what can leaders do to help ensure the well-being of their employees within a hybrid model sure so there is a big onus on the, the leadership of a company and the management to uh live that so there's multiple um paths to go down here um, yeah so so one is allowing so what happens is employees don't work less when they work remote they work more yeah because there's no boundaries and so as an organization you need to make it okay for employees to have boundaries and be able to turn mm-hmm. off so don't um, expect them to reply to chat messages at 11 p.m at night don't make that the expectation yeah. allow them to have quiet hours um, allow them to build 
um, uh, what refreshes them during the day, make that okay. Yeah. Uh, in, into your day. Uh, so the other, the other thread to go down is there was during the pandemic where you needed to be especially caring because people were dealing with so many circumstances, mm-hmm. but even coming out of that, we try to uh, be very, it, it's really interesting. I think it will really, it has the opportunity to really improve diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Um, so if somebody needs to take care of a sick parent or um, they have a special needs son or daughter, or uh, you can now accommodate those things. And so as an organization being much more accommodating to allow yeah. people to design their day around those particular um, um, issues, yeah. You're going to you're going to build so much loyalty with your employees yeah. by being able to do that. Yeah, that's so, good. Sorry, the go second, ahead. Oh, the second part you asked me was from an employee standpoint. Yeah. And uh, so what I mentioned before is mm-hmm. you know, if you have an employee that's allowing you to have good work-life balance, yeah, you need to learn to structure your day so that you, whatever works for you, everybody's a little bit different. Yeah. You know, I have my, my routine and I, I like to work out midday or later in the day. Other people like to, whatever, yeah. whatever those things are that refresh you and then design your day and your week around those activities that are going to, you know, and there's probably multiple breaks that you take throughout the day. Um, and then, uh, you know, as an example, there's a, a concept of, I think it's called fire oven and it's a German word. It's like, there's a, everybody has a, a traditional way that they end their day. And mm. it is the, the ceremonial way to say, I'm going from work to home and I'm yeah. not going to go back and look at my computer. So you need to develop discipline yeah. um, around that. And then certainly your work environment, uh, if mm. your company doesn't provide a stipend, get a good chair, get a standing desk, yep. get an elevated monitor, uh, because those things do, do matter and you, you can have workers comp issues if you're not uh, addressing those as well. Yeah, that's true. I like what you said in terms of designing the day around your lifestyle, but also your circumstance. And I think that's really important because a lot of persons, especially parents, parents are thinking, well, I have three screaming kids running around the house. So how can I possibly stop to meditate? How can I possibly stop to do that? Um, but I think, as you said, it's, it's really about designing it around what suits you rather than what you think you should be doing, which then causes you a lot more stress and anxiety. So I think, exactly. I, I think that's a really good point as well. So what would you say, what do you see as, as these sort of trends as you've been working with persons who are moving towards hybrid models? What do you see as some of the trends as companies try to do this? Sure. So let's hit, hit on some of the ones that are just really popping up in the last few mm. weeks. Uh, so one is there was a Microsoft study that came out last week. Yeah. 40% of employees are considering a job change this year. Mm. This is, a, I think that, I don't know if that was worldwide or in the U S yeah. but there's a lot of reasons for that. I think the pandemic caused people to rethink their lives. Uh, what was important. Uh, people yeah. Uh, light hybrid and they're like, I'm not, you know, and I like this balance in my life. I'm not sure I want to yeah. go back into the office. So what's happening is most companies, they realize it or not, their, their talent is very much at risk of turning over and big yeah. you know, don't yeah. get on top of it. The other thing that has happened is, so the pandemic accelerated what was already underway. Yeah. And 
So now every company has to adopt hybrid and put in place technology and be in the cloud. And mm -hmm. then during the pandemic, uh, customers went to digital channels and how they interact with companies, let's say in healthcare, virtual mm. uh, physician visits, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, every company now is a tech company. Mm -hmm. And there is not enough tech people in the world to do all yes. this. And so we are seeing in the last few weeks, I've never seen it this crazy before. We're seeing salary escalation of 40 to 50%. Mm. Uh, so uh, it's, I have an article coming out next week in Forbes about this. It is, yeah. I don't think there's not, this is not a bubble like the tech bubble in the 2000. I think this is going to be yeah. a prolonged issue. Yeah. And so companies are going to have to get on top of this and yeah. figure out how to retain, uh, retain their, their people. Um, yeah. The other trend is, is all related to that is mm -hmm. companies are going to need to learn to move much faster because yeah. every industry is being disrupted by technology. Yeah. And so like the startups, there's startups that are coming out against them. They're all in the cloud. They hire people from anywhere. They don't have offices. Yeah. They're super agile. And they're just way faster. And so these co all companies are going to have to learn to be uh, use agile principles, be you know lean startup principles and move much faster than they have yeah. in, in the past. Yeah. And I think you make a lot of good points there. Um, just starting with the, the technology points alone, I hope uh, one of the things that companies are, are moving towards as well is, is looking at how they can reskill the current employees that they have, where they're finding they have those technology gaps. What can they do internally to fill them? I'm sure not, a lot of employees are probably wishing now they took a technology degree, given what's happening with the salary escalations and so forth. And then the other element as well with companies just being more open to hiring different types of talent. As you said, they need to become more agile. And I remember one of the things we spoke about in the gig HR framework was to look at how you, uh, look at how your rules might need to change for different categories of workers. So I think a lot of companies do need to do a big rethink. You're right, a big, big rethink around this area. It's the great uh, workplace transformation of our time. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, it was coming. It was coming. We knew that it was coming for a while. We didn't know it would come this quickly, but here we are. Exactly. Yeah, it just accelerated into a year, what would take 10, 10 or 15 years normally. Yeah, exactly. So what would you say in terms of mindset? Because I know a lot of companies tend to be stifled because of their approach to this. Um, some because they're very traditional in nature. Others because of real, let's say, infrastructural issues that they didn't think of before. They didn't need before. Now they have to do a complete transformation. Um, but in terms of looking at the mindset point of view, what do you think is the mindset that's needed to really make a hybrid model thrive, not just for leaders, but also the employees or workers who use it? Sure. So... It was going to what we were talking about before a little bit is it, you have to start with trust, number one. Yeah. And so uh, we still have, I, I, there's uh, executives that grew up in an office mm. and they're running those companies now. Yeah. And they just have, when we talk to some of these companies, they just have such a hard time visualizing how this can work long-term yeah. and work well because they're just so used to, you know, one executive's like, hey, the, I like to look out over the office floor on a Friday afternoon and see the buzz. And I, so I know that the company's doing well when I see that. And you don't, mm. you can't measure that when you can't see everybody. Yeah. And you can have the same buzz and you can be as productive, if not more, more productive. But yeah. You gotta learn. And so there's that, that reluctance. And so mm. uh, 
when companies look at the balance, the, the pros and the cons of hybrid, and they start to see, okay, I can get the cost savings in real estate. I can uh, hire more diverse talent. I can, I'm going to keep my talent. If you go through it, it it's mm. the cost, the pros and the cons are, it's, it's very weighted in the pros. So, so then if you can't still convince the executives, then what happen, what's happening is what we're seeing now, which is they're losing really good talent or, or, or a competitor is eating their lunch. That'll cause yeah. them to change. I like that. That's a good way of putting it. Competitors eating their lunch. It's definitely, it goes against everything that not even just their generation, but our generation would have grown up hearing. And I know definitely with the millennial generation, a lot of um, and, and Gen Z as well, a lot of employers have complained that this generation has really pushed back. Why can't they follow the rules? Why can't they stick to tradition? But even though you're finding um, baby boomers as well, a lot of baby boomers, especially, for example, those who retire are saying, well, actually, I still want to engage with the firm. Let me let's let's see how we can, can work in a remote way. So from every end, that sort of mindset is really being being challenged. But it's good to see it's good to see that that change is starting to take root. Yeah, uh, you know, I use my my oldest son graduated from college. So just to give you an example, he he's living in Lake Tahoe right now, working yeah. for a company in Chicago, and his customer is in Australia. Oh, lovely. Um, <laughs> and so that generation, um, what we're finding when we hire those kinds of folks, they're that generation. They're they're awesome. They're um, mm. talented, creative, hardworking. Yeah. But they want they want that kind of lifestyle. They yeah. want to work um, and then take the summer off and go in an RV. And yeah. So we need to learn to accommodate that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always preach about my favorite um, reward in any company is flexibility. I want the ability to do what I want with my time. Exactly. And, and this way helps. And a lot of other people feel that way as well. So you're right. Absolutely. Well, Larry, we're just out of time. So I thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared. But of course, before you go, we need one funny work story from you. That's how oh, we end every episode. Uh, I have so many. And uh, <laughs> if you pick up my book, Office Optional, uh, yeah. it has 50 stories in it. Wow. And I would say half of them are hilarious. <laughs> what, <laughs> what not to do. I will tell you one of the stories from there. Hmm. And so uh, we were as I mentioned before, we've always made it okay for people to take their conference calls wherever they are, wherever they want. Yeah. And we, so we were, at, we had a happy hour one night and everybody was sharing, where's the funniest place you've taken a, a work conference call. And one guy <laughs> shared the story that, uh, so on Fridays we have this leadership call at seven, seven, eight thirty, And so he would work out and he would come home and he wouldn't, he, he'd have that call and then he'd have a meeting afterwards. And yeah. so he, he would not have time to shower to get to the meeting. So his solution was he would take the conference call in the shower. And so what he would do is he, oh, would, dear. he would put the <laughs> phone up on the ledge in his shower. And, yeah. and then of course somebody would call on him, right? During yeah. the, so he would turn the water off, stand there shivering, and then answer the question and then put it back on mute and put it back up on the ledge and finish his shower. So yeah. he, he told that story. And now we, of course, never let him live it down. At least I think that is still better than um, I had a friend who she forgot to turn the camera off while doing oh, that. <laughs> that one's a little worse. Yeah. 
and it was a conference. It was it was oh. like like hundreds of people across the globe, and she was waiting for them to start. And she forgot to turn her camera off. They got a full show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Larry. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for our audiences for listening and for watching again. Um, Larry, just before we go, tell us where we can find you online. Sure, the, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Larry K. English, and the easiest way is probably uh, LarryEnglish.net. LarryEnglish.net. And your book is Office Optional. How, Office Optional, How to Build a Connected Culture with Virtual Teams. Brilliant, brilliant. So if you want to get that book and if you want to know more about how to engage your teams, um, please check that out. I'm sure you can find that on Amazon, isn't it? Absolutely. Perfect. All oh, right, Larry. All the, all the proceeds go to charity to improve the digital divide. Oh, that's amazing. That's really good. I didn't know that. That's really good. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Larry. And thank you again for everyone listening and watching. And this has been another episode of Remotely Speaking Up. Take care for now. Bye. I hope you enjoyed our podcast series. To find out more, follow us at Remotely Speaking Up on Instagram or go to www.crowdpotential.co.uk for our services. Until next time.